Hello everybody, uh, fundamentally community builders, how are you doing today? Welcome to Community Decoded Podcast. I'm your host, Sharad. I'm the head of community at Threado. We are a community management platform. We'll, we'll, you'll get more into that like in, in the intro. Uh, but today I have an exciting guest with me, uh, Julian uh, O'Brien. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So uh, before we dive into the episode, let's uh, let me give give you guys a brief introduction of uh, Jillian. She's an ex YC founder and an early employer employee at Dover.com, a modern recruiting platform that offers end to end hiring solutions. Uh, she actually worked as a chief of staff there, and currently she's the startup evangelist at Pilot.com. And I'm I'm excited to. Uh, dive deeper into her her thinking and how she thinks about community building. All I see, Jillian, uh, on your resume, especially on LinkedIn, is that you've interacted with founders left, right, center, you know, all through your career. So I, I'm excited to like dive deeper into that. Uh, so let's right off the bat, I, I think let's start about your current position where you are working as a startup evangelist, right? Uh, do you want to maybe explain like, what the role is about, how community plays uh, a piece in, into your role at Pilot? Yeah, so um, it might help first to give a little bit of context about Pilot. So um, Pilot uh, does accounting, bookkeeping, tax, and CFO services for um, early stage startups all the way through like Series C, Series D. Um, and we have, you know, almost 2000 customers today and a whole ton wow. of customers are YC companies. Nice. Um, so yeah, I actually ended up getting connected with Wasim, our CEO, when I was working at Dover. Um, I actually went on his podcast or they were doing like a um, fireside chat series and we were talking about my founder experience working uh, on Cherry. Um, and I think after that, he sort of had this idea for a role it was kind of like nebulously defined and mm. sort of pitched it to me as like you know it'll be kind of one part you know entrepreneur in residence one part like you know yc partner type person but really just want someone at pilot who understands mm. yc founders and who can work with that community since right. you know it's such a, a community of interest to pilot um right. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I got started. Um, originally, we called the role founder in residence. Um, mm -hmm. I think I was interested at the time in like, you know, doing the founder thing again, like pretty quickly, mm -hmm. um, but been enjoying the role a lot and, you know, really see a path there. So I think um, that's where we ended up kind of changing it to startup evangelism. Um, right. And yeah, I'm really just focused on the founder community, um, whether, you know, they're customers of Pilot or not. Oh, awesome. That's that's what I want to also uh, cover, because I think when you said about most of the customers are from YC, uh, I thought like you're building a community for uh, for founders who are using Pilot, right? So I want to, so what are some, some, so I read on your website that you're building accelerator startup programs at Pilot. And uh, if, if one should start, like, you know, to build a, like an accelerator program. Yeah. So um, just to make sure that I'm understanding, you're saying if one is building an accelerator or like a community around an accelerator? A, a community around accelerator. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you have to be mindful of that audience. And one of the reasons that we 
so like there, there are, um, roles out there, you know, like Salesforce is a company that I, that comes to mind where like they have, um, evangelism, they have like roles there that are really community focused about, you know, their customer base exclusively. But, um, when we're thinking about founders, uh, you know, we really want to, the cool thing about pilot is like, you know, the founders and the, the team really wants to just be helpful and a resource to founders, um, from the very beginning, like from their first day, like all the way through to the point that they, you know, bring their, um, finances in house. So, um, with that in mind, and also kind of considering like the founder persona and what their priorities are, um, Mm -hmm. it's really not a community where it works to be like super transactional or salesy, Mm. um, works much better if you can understand their priorities, which is like, you know, they're in a very vulnerable situation. They're trying to build a business. Um, they're trying to survive. Um, and so like just doing things that are going to help them accomplish those primary goals first. And then, Hey, when the time comes, when they're thinking about finances, like we're there. Um, Mm. but yeah, I think to answer your question kind of more in a more straightforward way, um, to build a community around an accelerator or like an early stage startup Mm -hmm. program, um, Mm -hmm. you just have to be mindful of the priorities that that group has. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. I think you, you have to have a lot of intention, uh, to add to it, right? Like the, the priorities you mentioned, I think is it, I, I, I fundamentally believe communities should be like a two way thing. It's when I say two way thing, it's, it's not really about transactional, but more about how can we help them? And the same time, how, how can they help other community members, right? Like mm. as, as a community leaders ourselves, we should empower that. And uh, absolutely, you're, 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 you're totally on point on that. Yeah, that's, so, that's a great, I like what you're saying too about, you know, the community, the people in the community have to help each other as well. Um, because correct. yes, we also do really count on the community for uh, like data insights and, events and, um, you know, information sharing. So we do also count on the community that we create to, you know, do things that are supportive for, for the greater good, essentially. Um, right. so yeah, I like the way you phrase that. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. I think you're, you're on point there about, uh, prioritizing your priorities. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, what I add was like the intention is really important there. Uh, I'm curious about, uh, one of the things you, you, you mentioned earlier, which is you also help founders who are not using pilot as a, as let's, so I think the reason I'm asking that question is a lot, many communities are product support, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you encourage community uh, people to like join your community who use your product and you provide, you know, customer service as the highest level. That's one. The other communities are like-minded folks who just, you know, gather together to like, you know, jam and all that. So what are some programs that you, you are thinking about to build or what are all already in the pipeline for, for non-product users? The reason I'm asking again is to bring some clarity around, like, you know, for folks who are listening, how can mm-hmm. they actually build products, uh, product oriented community as well as non-product oriented community? Yeah. So, um, one of the reasons that we allow, I guess, or are interested in creating a founder community that goes beyond just our customers is because the founder persona 
or like the founder experience in general is very um, mysterious. And like, there's not a lot of uh, sources of like good, reliable information. Um, there's a lot of like kind of free advice uh, coming right. from like dubious sources. Um, and so really like community is essential. Like when you have um, founders in your network that you trust that have done it before, you know, you can really lean on them to get the information that you need. I think the SVB situation that happened recently mm. was a really good example of how the community really needed each other. Mm. Um, and you weren't necessarily just going to trust, uh, you know, the, the other startup, the corporations that like, you know, had an agenda or the information kind of came with a um, intention of like selling you or converting you. Like you just wanted to talk to your mm. peers. So yeah. for that reason, like we're really interested in um, making the community broad and just genuinely mm. useful and supportive. Um, yeah. Some of the like support structures that we have for that community, we have a private Slack group um, mm. that is for VC backed founders. I think it's like six or 700 people strong right now. Mm -hmm. um, very active, lots of like, you know, sharing and questions and um, information going on there. We mm. host events. Um, mm. We help founders get like professional headshots. Um, oh, we nice. <laughs> happy hours for them. Right. Uh, yeah, we've done like fireside chats and webinars. Um, right. And then I think one of the cool things that we do too is um, we survey like thousands of founders every year for various um, data, like insight reports. So we do benchmarks on founder salary. Um, we have like a state of startup survey coming out soon. Um, right. so, you know, it's also just kind of sort of like aggregating the information that we have and sharing it in a way that's going to be helpful. Those are just mm. a couple of the things that, um, are top of mind. I just love the way you, you guys are handling the tiny little details as well, which is taking headshots is such a, yeah, such a simple thing, right? Like we, we just overshadow it. Uh, and I, I, I love also the fact that it's not only about like value, value all the time. It's about like having, doing some fun things and dinners and, you know, all that, which, which is very important. I feel overall, I feel uh, the takeaway, biggest takeaway I'm seeing is do something that, that surrounds your persona. Like, you know, what is something that they really want and they get really excited about? And if you provide that as a platform, people love, you know, joining your community and like, that that motivates them to like you know bring more people as well so i yeah. love that and uh lastly before we move into the next topic uh any tips that you 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 may share in your experience like you know handling founder communities especially at right now at pilot that you're learning as you go that you want to share with with folks yeah i mean i think um you know what you're saying about people want to do something that's fun. That's like value additive. Um, I think it really helps me to, you know, just lean in and like, remember, really remember my founder experience and the types of things mm -hmm. that I liked that I didn't like. Um, you have to just remember that, you know, your audience, like they want to be part of a community that they identify with that understands them. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yes, like that concept of, headshots is sort of like, well, you know, every founder needs this, uh, that when they're getting like press, uh, they maybe don't want to just go to like another happy hour where, you know, they don't know anyone and there's no structure. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I see a lot of 
companies that target founders and target startups kind of like recycling the same playbooks in terms of like events or content. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I like the things that are fresh. I remember when I was in YC, um, something that like I thought was really cool um, was the, our, one, of, one of our batch mates zero down uh, kind of leaning into and understanding like everyone's very stressed right now. Hosted uh, like a puppy party where they just had a bunch of dogs. Oh, wow. and, like, yeah, people could come and pet the dogs. I thought that was both like very creative and memorable, and also hmm. just demonstrated like they understand the way that we're you know maybe feeling right now. Hmm. So um, you know, not to say that happy hours and dinners and you know those sorts of events right. aren't great because they are, but my advice would be like you know, really kind of think about some of the other things that your community needs, wants, is thinking about, concerned about, and then, you know, trying to basically create some sort of solution or answer for them um, Mm. where they can kind of all gather together and, you know, get that done or, or, or chat. Um, So yeah, that, that would be my advice. That's so awesome. I feel uh, if you, if you summarize, if you want, if you want, if you ask me to summarize what you said, I think it's empathizing with your, community persona right yeah if you're if you're going through anxiety do something that that reduces that anxiety if you're if you're winning constantly celebrate that win so that you can amplify them and if you're stuck how can you like you know help them to get out of it i feel it it you should you just have to like travel with them and it's a it's a long journey Uh, Mm -hmm. that's what i'm hearing a lot of empathy empathy uh like presenting empathy towards them and as well as resonating with them is, is really important. I'm just curious, yeah. uh, at pilot, what are the, some, some other initiatives, you know, you you guys are planning, uh, now or that specifically like in the pipeline for Q3, Q4, I uh, would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So we actually have like our marquee event founder tactics, that is happening on June 9th. And I can share a link with you for, you know, the description of this, or if you want to share with the audience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is just kind of going off of what you said before. That's really what evangelism is. It's like hmm. founder tactics, for example, we know that founders are constantly, you know, stressed, concerned, thinking about various things. So founder tactics, we have a bunch of amazing speakers who just sort of come in and address various topics. Um, right. We're trying to, you know, help ease that pain and like create that uh, supportive community versus I think when you think of traditional sales or like what I would say is kind of isolating versus community building is mm-hmm. like trying to create a feeling <clears throat> in the person of like, you know, hey, you're not thinking about this or you're ignoring this and that's why you need my product before something terrible happens. Like you don't right. want to, that is very much against like uh, empathizing with that persona. So True. we have founder tactics. Um, we have more surveys and reports that are coming out, some really interesting content on our blog. We're like mm-hmm. constantly updating our blog with helpful stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and then, uh, yeah, we'll also be continuing to add more people to our Slack community um, mm-hmm. and hosting nice. events for them. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, uh, let's 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 switch gears a little bit. By the way, the founder tactics is such a such a tactical name right there. So I I love that. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your experience at Door. 
uh, you know, door is this end-to-end hiring platform and i think one of the points i read in your in your on your linkedin is that you helped 70 plus 200 plus founders uh hire their talent you basically kind of built like a like a recruitment model for them and what not right talk to me about uh what are some some things that successfully worked at door that that you learned like okay this is something people should listen to uh when when especially like building a founder community yeah i mean um so at dover what i when i was focused on sort of like community building i was more looking at the chief of staff community which was the role that i was in but in terms mm-hmm. of like helping founders helping our customers um with their recruiting process i mean i learned a lot at dover um dover kind of introduced me to the concept of there are three channels for recruiting inbound outbound and referral um mm-hmm. a lot of founders like don't know this um mm-hmm. and you know they're relying very heavily on inbound which is like not where they're going to get the best candidates mm-hmm. um so i really enjoy just like sitting down with each founder hiring manager who again you know the founder persona when they're in like a recruiting mode is really interesting they have a million other priorities they they need to fundraise they need to keep the business alive they need to you know continue working and iterating on the product maybe they have competitors but then also right. like they, they need to suddenly become like very skilled good recruiters and sales people to bring people into the business um right. and so you know i just liked working with them understanding uh you know more about their business and why they were excited to work on it um and really kind of helping them consider um their their brand you know what would make an a plus candidate want to work there um mm. so yeah i really did a lot of kind of like consultative like one to one uh one on ones that yeah i think one on this there is some power in one on ones even though it takes sure. hell lot of time like you know it, it it requires your effort it's energy draining and all that is that's like the con list i think the biggest pro to me is to get to know that person other person you're meeting one on one and you get to like really help them or learn from them like both ways again and that exhibiting that in a in a very private space really helps build a bond you know to me i've done so many one on ones in my my experience and every time i get get out of it I, I either I learn something and I I have this feeling that okay I help this person or you know they actually are in the right direction or this is something I learned from it as well as you know uh, so one on one is such an underrated you know I think <laughs> going back to YC it's like do things that don't scale way I feel if people should build uh, if people are willing to build a solid community I think one on ones are are right on you know that that's the right solution That's right. That's awesome. Uh let's talk about YC, you know. I want to understand a uh, couple things. One is, you know, apart from investing in you know, I think one of the largest set of collection of unicorn <laughs> startups, YC is also probably uh built like a largest founder community uh ever on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh as a YC founder, what did you observe that they're doing it incredibly right? uh in terms of community building that we all should learn from yeah i mean one of the first things that comes to mind um and it's been uh like in the back of my head 
for the, this conversation, like one of the other essential parts, I think, of having a community um, is in a way like there has to be some element of exclusivity to it. And what I mean by that is like, if you look on LinkedIn at the title founder, you're going to find like 6 million plus people who have that as their title. Um, and I think that the YC community has, I think 4,000 companies, 9,000 founders. I think that was like the most recent stat that was published. So mm. it, you're right. Like it is a huge community, you know, maybe the, the biggest founder community, but it's not so big that it's like, you know, unuseful. Mm. There's like just every founder in here, like people who uh, are like, you know, basically like it's so big that I can't identify with people easily. Um, right. There are different like categories of founder. You have bootstrap founders, VC backed founders, you have, you know, seed stage series, a hardware, software, like you want some way of kind of narrowing it down a little bit so that you can talk to people that are relevant. So I think right. one of the things that YC does well is, you know, they are prestigious enough that they're attracting like 20,000 plus applicants, but then they're only accepting like 200 companies or two to 400 companies per batch. So like mm. they are really, I think, evaluating founders for, you know, their seriousness and um, their grid and their ability and really just ensuring that like only the founders that they're yes. really excited about are there. Um, yeah. So I think with that exclusivity, like all of the founders in the community have placed their trust in like YC as that first, um, as that first like gate or like filter, I, I'm looking for the word filter. Mm. Um, so like once you're in the community, I, now I trust you. Like there's something there where I trust that like you're a peer of mine and you're someone that I want to talk to. YC has sort of vetted you for me. Um, mm. and so I think that they've done a good job of that. I think, yeah, I, I do, I do acknowledge, I have to acknowledge that, which is, it's a, it's a filtered community. It's not like everybody can get in, right? right? And when they source this, this high talent, high conviction oriented founders, uh, I think that's their biggest uh, successful ways that they found that really worked well. And as, as, as a YC founder yourself, you just like, you know, reiterated it. Uh, so let's talk about your founder experience at, at Cherry, right? Like, uh, what was it like, you know, going into YC? What was it like? How how did the community play a role in terms of? I think Cherry is a is a is a credit card company, if I'm not wrong, or a, a, a smart card company where employees can or founders can actually pick their benefits, if I'm not wrong. But yeah, you you do the explanation. <laughs> sure. Yeah. The, the idea of Cherry was it was an HR SaaS platform. It was a marketplace. Um, and yes, we were issuing Stripe, virtual Stripe cards to mm. people, to employees, and then giving them a marketplace of really it was perks. They weren't like healthcare benefits. They were more sort of like, you know, um, gym memberships and, uh, you know, Uber, Lyft, like the, the kinds of perks that a company might offer. And then um, employees could choose their own. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that was the idea there. And then you just kind of want to hear about like my experience in YC. Yeah, just just your, uh, how did that community, YC community as well as just, just in core, like, you know, how did you grow from zero to one uh, using community as a lever? Yeah, so I would say there are, there were definitely like highs and lows or 
pros and cons with the community in my experience as like, you know, 23 year old, like first time <laughs> female founder working with my sister. Um, so, I mean, on one hand, YC was so necessary for us because we were really coming in with, um, and this is, I think why YC or like one of the like main reasons that they exist. And like one of the mm. things they care about, you know, we had no connections really in tech. Um, you know, we didn't go to Stanford. Uh, mm. you know, I was not technical. I was like, had just left what was my first job after graduating college as like an influencer marketer. Like, um, so, you know, we felt very like illegitimate founders. Um, mm. and so, you know, being part of YC really, I think like, you know, helped us like place us and get at least people to take us a little bit seriously. Um, we, you know, felt too, like we, we kind of came in with this very like academic mindset. Like we were just mm. really, ready to like learn and absorb everything. And like, we wanted to hear the advice from, you know, the people who had done it before and done it well. Um, but like what I kind of write about, I have like a blog where I kind of detailed like the downfall of Cherry. We were very much noobs and like we mm. were um, not like confident enough as first time founders really like trust ourselves and our sense of the business. Um, and so in some ways, the community has downfalls as well that uh, were a bit difficult. Like we, I think it, it was bo for both of us, our first time kind of like being in a room where it was like a sea of people that were almost all men. And, you know, we just felt very out of place uh, and a little intimidated. Um, and I think, you know, for both of us, we just never had had that experience before. Hmm. Um, you know, so like again, like the community had so many positive impacts for us. A lot of the people in my YC batch are still like my very close friends. Um, and also that experience of sort of like, I feel a little bit isolated here as well has helped me connect to other, you know, female mm. YC founders and um, other people who have that kind of situation or story, you know, help, help them kind of get, get through that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that I think is a good way of highlighting like the pros and cons of like being in a, in a particular type of community when you're starting out as a founder. Awesome. Uh, what are some community building lessons that you want to share as a founder? I mean, the reason I'm asking is what you did at Dover, what, you, what you're doing at pilot is completely different. You're an operator now. Uh, that's a different, you have a different purpose in intention, but as a founder, you kind of own everything, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so what did you, either observe other founders and learn from them about community building as well as in your experience of growing uh, cherry as well yeah i think i learned i can kind of frame it as like the thing that i learned from each experience that i had so like um i think about community building what yc sort of taught me was you know a that kind of concept of like filtering that we talked about earlier mm -hmm. that's very important um the concept of consistency, like YC is very good about when you're in the batch, you know, there's consistent check-ins, there's consistent um, events, there is consistent accountability. Um, mm -hmm. So like, you know, I think one of the ways that communities fail is like, you know, the person running the community or upholding it is like just very inconsistent. And so the members can't really grow around anything. Mm -hmm. YC is very good at like, 
you know, keeping up a strong cadence. Um, I think from my time at Dover and kind of looking at the chief of staff community, uh, I, transparency is like the word mm-hmm. that kind of comes up. So, um, you know, sharing sort of openly, um, here's what the chief of staff role is. Here's what, you know, people struggle with. Here's what kind of people are attracted to this role. Um, you know, working with other people, helping each other out, um, you know, sharing that information kind of broadly. And then I would say at Pilot, something that I've learned about community that I think our CEO actually embodies really well is um, the language and like the way that you communicate with the community and what you bring in, um, mm. especially is like very, very good at, um, you know, kind of calling it out when it's like, this is jargon, you know, you don't want to say this, this is salesy, Mm. um, this is transactional, like, you know, we don't want to do that. Um, And really just focusing on, is this actually helpful? Is this actually useful? Who does this help? Does this help the community? Or does this help us? Because, you know, the latter, like, let's not do it. Um, So I think, you know, he has had a very principled way of kind of approaching community that I've also really liked. so yeah, those are kind of like three three of the main things that I learned from each of those experiences. Those are, I think, great, great lessons. Uh, <clears throat> I love the consistency piece, transparency, you know, it should be always there. And I feel the last one, which I want to like maybe dive a little deeper uh, into your thinking as well, is that I think the intentionality and not converting... Uh, what you do at in when you build a community into a transaction is wow that's a <laughs> that it's a that is a big big uh big takeaway which a lot many people actually they don't try to avoid for whatever reason yes. they just like do it without knowingly that okay can we actually make this more transactional or can we pitch our idea or our product or whatever the thing we do uh so for, for you, what are some, some precautions, I would say, that you take uh, when you, especially in, at Pilot, that you're now we're, you're talking to founders, how do you manage not, into, not go into that slippery slope of being a yeah. transactional? What do you do that? How do you do that? So one of the things that is coming to mind is it's like there, there does have to be some seed. There has to be a genuine care that you have. And if you don't have that, like you're either in the wrong role or you need to work on building it. And what I mean by this is like, um, you know, it helps if your reputation is a little bit on the line and like Mm. you really do care about what these people think of you and of the product. So for example, like what you're saying about how other communities don't necessarily try hard enough to avoid this, you can understand like it's very tempting if you have a group of let's take our founder founder slack we have mm. a group of 6 or 700 people who if we wanted to like we could just start prospecting all like we could be sending them an email every day like mm. you know pushing our services cuz we have their information and they're right there and um you know they would be relevant customers but i think that um you know there's many things that stop us from doing that one of them is like i personally uh, care about these contacts. I think that they're really interesting people. I relate to them. I want them mm. to like me, uh, and I don't want them to see me as spam. So like mm. there has to be some genuine 
level of care that you have for your relationship to these people. Um, I think similarly, like this came up in a conversation that I had with someone about a chief of staff role recently, where she was kind of venting to me about um, the CEO that she supports. And I sort of said to her, like, hey, to be a chief of staff, like you have to really like the CEO. Mm -hmm. If you don't like them, you need to not be in the role. So like Mm -hmm. similarly, if you don't like the people in the community, you need to not be in that role. Um, so yeah, I would say like, that's one of the bigger things. Um, the kind of like reputation risk is, is big and kind of just understanding as well. Like the community is a sacred space where people are coming to like escape spam and sales and, you know, you need to make sure basically that you're if you have an ask for the community, if you have um, a product that's relevant, like you, you need to make sure that it's actually going to be something valuable and not just like a spray and pray. I think yeah, what you said is absolutely true. I think there should be a filter among ourselves within <laughs> mm-hmm. that we should filter out the thoughts we get and it should pass through the filter. The filter is, is that is the thing I'm going to put out in a community? Is it going to be valuable? Is it going to help someone? Or is it going to like uplift someone? It can be a good thought, right? Like it not necessarily need to be, uh, you know, an ask. It can be a good uplifting thought that, that someone should need to hear that. And uh, <clears throat> that's, in, that's, that's the right way of building a community, which is genuinely caring about yeah. <laughs> what you want to do with this set of people. And the other thing is I, I also kind of, I want to touch on what you said is you should really belong to that community or else it's, it's basically like, you know, not your, you won't survive, right? You, you, you yeah. treat it more of like a task, you know? That's right. So uh, love both of those answers. And I think, I hope people who are listening, they kind of grasp that the intentionality as well as the genuine care, like you're mentioning. I do have like a couple of questions before we wrap up, but, what are some things or some trends you're observing? You've, you've talked to like hundreds of founders uh, that founders are doing in community building. Like uh, you see something different recently or like, you know, in your experience that you, you should make, like take that creative part that that puppy show is incredible. Like I, I yeah, feel yeah. that's, that's so on point. Uh, whoever did that shout out to them. Mm-hmm. But uh, what, are, what are some trends or the things that you observe recently uh, in community building? Yeah. So trends and community building specifically, um, I'm definitely noticing communities that are going earlier and earlier. And I'm actually seeing this NYC as well. So like, um, it's becoming more inclusive, like, and, and maybe actually pilot is another example of this. It's like, you can be part of our community, let's say like a year before you in theory are like eligible to become a customer or something. And for YC and some other founder communities, I'm seeing them also like looking earlier and earlier, like wanting to be there from like day zero, you know, maybe where they previously were wanting to be there from day one. It's like, um, you know, hey, even if you don't yet know what you want to work on, but you know that you want to be a founder, like we want you to be looking at our community. Um, So yeah, I'm seeing like people in founder communities that are, um, you know, maybe have not necessarily taken the leap yet, but like the intention is there. Um, so that's one thing I think just seeing communities going earlier and earlier. 
Um, and I think I'm also seeing a lot more, and this probably has to do with just like it being 2023 and COVID being, you know, behind us mostly, uh, more and more like in real life, uh, events, um, and like smaller kind of like meetups and gatherings and, um, you know, things like that, uh, around like sub interests within communities. Yeah. Yeah. I think. IRL is coming back. You know, we, we, we all know that for sure. I feel now that, you know, I've been to a couple of conferences last year and I saw the vibe people are displaying that they just want to get out of their house and meet other people in real life. They're, they're right. fed up with the Zoom calls. But yeah, the inclusivity is also uh, a great piece. And people are starting really early in founders, uh, whatever they, regardless of what they're building, it can be audience building. It can be community building. They're starting very early with this and they're reaping their fruits uh, by this, like, you know, in the long run, which is, which is how community should work. Right. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't come from a pure necessity. It should come from passion, I would say. So uh, love that. Last question. This is like more of like a fun thing. If you want to give like a shout out to a community builder you admire, uh, in the space, who, who would that be? Oh man. Um, okay. So I actually do have someone, but let me, let me just, I want to make sure that I'm getting their name, right. Sure. <laughs> um, just give me a second and maybe we'll like cut this like little minute out. Um, okay. So there is an amazing book that I'm reading and it's actually like a weird, it's not weird. It's just like a vintage book from like the nineties. Um, oh, wow. about evangelism. Um, and it is called selling the dream, mm. uh, by, and I hope I'm going to say his name right by guy Kawasaki. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, Guy's, yeah. He's a legend. Yeah. It's such a great book. Uh, and it's so fun as well, like reading it in 2023. And um, I mean, not only are like the principles about evangelism and community, like still so true, like, you know, the information has not aged at all, but there's also like some funny call outs uh, from him <laughs> saying like, you know, if you have any questions, please send me an electronic mail or fax me, you know, just things that like, <laughs> it's just like really fun and like nerdy. Um right. So yeah, I would definitely recommend anyone who's building community to read this book. He does an amazing job also of drawing the line between evangelism and sales, which we've kind of been talking mm. about um, today. So, right. yeah, I, I I love Guy Kawasaki. He's 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 the pioneers <laughs> of startup evangelism. I think he did yeah. incredible work with Apple, and I think he's doing uh, he's working with Canva uh, right now as a as a global thing evangelist. I guess. Mm. Uh, Julian, this has been so much fun. I think we can go on and on uh, about like founder communities and, you know, your experience digging deeper into like tactics and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for sharing your knowledge, your, your, your lessons and the, the things you learned in the past as a founder, as a community builder. Uh, any closing thoughts before we wrap up? Um, I guess if anyone wants to connect with me, um, one-on-one after hearing this or, you know, is interested in founder community stuff that we have going on, interested in pilot, um, you can reach me at 
jillian.obrien at pilot.com and I'll send you my email as well so that you can link it if you want. Um, We'll put all that in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll we'll put all the show notes, uh, you know, the the things, the book you mentioned and the the resources and everything. Uh, But yeah, this has been fun and stay tuned, guys. Thanks for tuning in again for this episode. We have some awesome guests lined up for the rest of april and may and i'm stoked to like you know bring the best out of these folks like jillian you just killed about founder communities today and i, I learned so much about the intentionality as the, as well as transparency and consistency so uh that's it that's it for for this episode and thanks for tuning in again appreciate you guys awesome. thanks so much for having me <laughs>